Thanks for tuning in. We're Ace Comicals. I have with me my co-host Rahul Jani and Leon Everett. I'm Greg Driver. Let's get started. Welcome, guys. Got so much to talk about. All three of us are back together once again as we plough through our recent reads and favourite finds in the 12th Ace Comicals. So, how are we, guys? How are we today? Did you enjoy your break, Leon? Well, the break was good, man. It was very much needed. Uh, and I seem to have brought the weather back with me the, the week after. So, uh, you're welcome, guys. Yeah, yeah it was, thanks for that. Was, was, it was that nice in France, was it? In Disneyland? Yeah, it was nice. Um... It was a good experience. Used, uh, made good use of the fast passes. Uh, so on a, a lot of rides, um, constantly. It, it was it was an odd experience though, because uh, obviously I was having a great time, and I tried to be as disconnected as possible. Uh, and I, um, I know you guys would listen to the podcast, but I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to the episode while I'm away, so I'll, I'll like I'll, I'll like leave it. Um, but what I what I did have to check out in, in my hotel room. It's the one thing I did because it's E3 during the time as well. And I, I was like, oh, I'll leave it E3 for the week after. But the one thing I did check out was um, the uh, Black Panther trailer. You guys see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I caught yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. That's when like, I thought I'd bring up as it's, uh, it was our like, first uh, Ace Comicals Presents. Um, and it, it seems very much inspired by the uh, Tanahasi Coates um, uh, run and, and uh, Stealthy's run. Um it looks really, it looks really cool. Like, um, I mean, it being a teaser, you, you just see bits and bobs, little little snapshots. But I mean, the cast is like insane, and the visual style of it looks really cool. Um, I believe I can't remember the cinematographer's name. She's a female cinematographer, but she's like really good with like um, pop in color. And she did, um, she cinema, she photographed or whatever the term is. Um, the, she was the DP on the film Dope, um, and like that movie looks amazing. Um, so I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite excited. I mean, I was excited before, but I was hoping that the footage would um, keep me going, and uh, hopefully, the movie uh, avoids the the Marvel cookie cutter machine as much as it can because it's still got to set up stuff and blah blah. But it looks quite fun, and look, and it looks very as much as it can be very different to what we've seen before. And I'm a big fan of. Uh, Ryan Kuglu did uh, Creed and uh, Fruitvale Station. So, oh yeah, and no, how can I not uh, mention like, not only does it feel very much inspired by the Coats Run, but um, like it has uh, Legend Has It playing, uh, Run the Jewels, Legend Has It playing in the trailer, and it's just it's a perfect marriage of like song and visuals. I'm I'm, I'm hyped. I hope there's more music in the actual film. To be honest. Hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, that the music fits really well. Like it was hype when you hear that first bar come in. It's really good. I, I did um, love the cinematographer, by the way, Rachel Morrison. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it, Morrison. Yes, mm. thank you. I, I did, I did love that trailer. It, it was pretty sick. Um, so I trust that you've both been doing a lot of reading over the past couple of weeks because I know I have. In between this and the last talkie, uh, we call them the talkie episodes just for you guys, I mean, these are the ones where we just do our general discussions, so in between this one and the previous one, boy have I done some reading. <laughs> Whoa, no way. 
you, you've been reading? Yeah, I know. It's what surprising, isn't I it? I hated comic books. Oh yeah, no, can't stand <laughs> the comics. I hate them. I hate the art form. I really do. No, I don't. Don't spend all my money on comics at all. Um, <laughs> no, to answer your question, I have. I have been reading a bunch as well, just so yeah. I can keep up with you, because I feel bad that I've never read as much as you have. So, yeah. <laughs> Talk about me like I'm some kind of ascended level. <laughs> you're, you're what we aspire to, Greg. The best of us, if what counts is comic book reading. I have nothing to show for my 30 years on this earth apart from the knowledge of <laughs> anyway, really when, good when comics. You, when, yeah. you, when the uh, second impact happens and uh, you need some need to keep warm, not only can you build a comic igloo, you can also burn some of that and keep warm. You can even yeah. eat some of them. Yeah. So, I mean, you're sorted. Maybe I could and be get high off the cellophane wrapping as well. Maybe yeah. maybe I could be the keeper of tales and I could just like recount these Sat stories. Campfires. Yeah. <laughs> Reciting uh, different arcs from the past. <laughs> yeah. Pete children sitting watching wide eyed, just like, whoa, what is this Spider Man of which you speak? <laughs> Speaking of them as like a uh, myth and legend. Yeah, yeah, like gods. <laughs> I can imagine that, and I, oh. like, I can imagine your telling of it as well. They, there'd be a lot of passion. Yeah, I might even put like a mask on when I'm doing it. I don't know. Like your DM in a D and D game. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of brings me in in this like weird, not post. Well, this isn't post-apocalyptic, but it's about as weird as what we've just been talking about, and about as spacey and crazy out there galactic acid trip comic book that is space riders uh which is my first thing on my list that i wanted to talk to you guys about because i think you guys should read this um i i love it i love the artwork in it first of all the artwork is insane it's like it's got this like real retro style to it and it's very brightly colored and it's very bold, and it's it's neon, in fact. It's not just brightly coloured, it's neon. Um, I've got the... What the re- hell is it about? What the hell is it about? It's got a great title. Yeah, you've got this group of, um, like, intergalactic... Space riders? Space riders, yeah. <laughs> they're like peacekeepers type thing, and they but they like, they're like really gruff, rough and ready peacekeepers, and it's got this real grindhouse feel to it. Um, especially in the way that the um, the captain of the good guys is a um, he's really gruff and he's Hispanic and he uses a lot of Hispanic slang and it, it it's like it had this whole machete feel about it you know when I was reading it it's got like this kind of like grindhousey air about it and that that's kind of what I love about it the fact that it feels dirty and it feels like it's violent the, and it's what's um, the tone like does it is it quite serious or is it quite tongue in cheek it's it's a bit tongue in cheek it's yeah, like yeah. um if you can imagine like something something incredibly jack kirby hmm. but then jack kirby took a load of lsd before he wrote it what <laughs> the cover does look a bit lsd and and watched watched a few you know like like if jack kirby made a grindhouse b movie with the whole grindhouse tone with the violence and the bad language and everything else then you've pretty much got what this is um it, it's just it's yeah it's drugs um who who does it, Who's it, it? it's uh Arthur. yeah artist is alexis Zirit, and the writer 
is um, Rangel Jr., um, who is the same guy behind um, Narmwolf. Uh, that explains okay. a lot. Yeah, so that's kind of half why I like it because it's the Narmwolf dude, um, and uh, it's just it is like how do I describe it? Um, yeah, they're, they're like they're like space peacekeepers, space cops type thing, and they have like this peacekeeping force, and uh, they're going about their business, and they end up having to save the universe from brooding dark forces. Um, the the book starts off with them helping a bunch of refugees from some space biker gang uh, that that form up Voltron style and turn into a Voltron space biker robot. Um, <laughs> you have to read it. You have to. There's some there's some amazing like double page spreads in this, which are I a would make awesome vinyl covers, and B would look great on my wall. Um, so I. I genuinely, genuinely love this book. And I I happened across it by accident, totally by accident, because I saw the... I just, like, I caught the artwork, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I love this artwork so much. Um, and I... Off the back of that, I went looking for the comic, and I got the first two issues of Galaxy of Brutality, which is the one I'm currently talking about, which is the second story... Because the first story is like a four-issue miniseries just called Space Riders, which I now have as okay. well because I went out and bought the trade. Um, you can get that in hardback, actually. The hardback's really pretty, but I've only, I've only got the TPB. Um, the, um, but it, it's, like, it's, it's published on Black Mask, and I just, I just think the artwork's astounding. I think that's what initially drew me to it, just, the, just this crazy, like, 80s neon artwork that's just and and then the tone of it as well like this this whole grindhouse tone that it has this grindhouse sci-fi thing going on and it's just it's just fantastic all of it sounds like a very greg book oh yeah yeah it appeals to me on multiple levels um especially you know this this whole like ancient gods at the edge of the universe thing as well that it does and uh yeah but it's the it's um it's uh fabian rangel jr the guy behind narmwolf which is I kind of discovered it off the back of Narmolf as well because of him. Um, been following him on Twitter and catching some of the stuff that he talks about. Um, so yeah, it's it's one to pick up, one hundred percent pick it up. Uh, you could go get the first trade and read the first lot of Space Riders books. There's only four four comics, uh, and then there's like uh, two so far of the new stuff. It's Galaxy Brutality of the newer stuff. So yeah, one hundred percent do it. Um, cool. yeah, so the next one, um, it's one you've read as well, isn't it, Leon? On my list. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, you want to introduce this one? Um, like well, I can do. Yeah, um, yeah. Shirtless Bear Fighter. Shirtless Bear Fighter. Just the title alone. The title alone. Now, <laughs> listeners out there. What you're expecting when I tell you that title is what you get. You get a shirtless bear fighter and you get much more. I mean, um, <laughs> the basic the basic premise for, of issue one, isn't it? Just, um, well, I'm not going to go into too many details, but the basic premise of the first issue seems to be 
there's these uh, crazy possessed massive bears attacking the city and uh, operatives from the government uh, go out into the wilderness um, to get the only guy who can do all the job and he is shirtless the shirtless bear fighter um, and that's that's the setup but um, oh man that's like <laughs> At first, I, I was thinking, okay, it's going to be too broad with um, that whole thing because it seems like oh, it's like an easy jokes, blah blah. But I think they like handle that really well. No, like, they do, yeah. The gangs. I they mean, do. he's this massive dude in more ways than one. Uh, yeah, he's a massive dude. Uh, like, and he's always like for for a big chunk of the book when you see him, he's fully nude. And like, where, when we're saying that, like. They have to use extra pixels when hiding his uh, his shame. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This guy is a beast. Like, can we can we call like, it shame? I don't think you can call it shame. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's an actual beast, and and yeah, he 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 fights bears, and he he can he can do it. He is like just this raging like testosterone machine. He's... But like, the tone of the book's really nice because um, it it makes me think of like I can imagine it as an Adult Swim show. Yeah. Uh, which is something I've probably said before about stuff, but it feels like one of the good adult swim shows in the sense that it knows that the the very initial premise is absurd and fully runs of that, and there's just so many little uh, little quirks that they add in the humour, which I, I think work. Um, and yeah, it doesn't seem uh, facile at all. It, it seems just like just very sort of keen and like it has a really cool art style. It's very um, uh, I know, like I think they use um, a brightness to it and a very sort of cartoony nature, which makes everything pop pretty well. And but the use of like uh, the in-image onomatopoeia is really cool, like bear punch, bear punch, and all that. It, it's just it's just a fun book, and yeah, it feels like even though this issue is quite a setup, it, it feels like you get your bang for your buck in the first issue the man is too much of a man and i just i just love some of the gags in this like the the fact that he's like he you get the impression that he's worked for the government before and like the montage you know when it shows you him when he's a kid yeah and it's like kind of like a, a sort of like a um explaining his childhood and kind of like a montage type bit and he he's had a beard since he was born and like because he's just born to sometimes nature makes a mistake and they make a man too much of a man i think is the quote from the book itself but i just i loved every second of it it's it's another one that appeals to me and quite selfishly a lot of these comics appeal strictly to me i think but um it's um, one you brought up and recommended and i thought yeah uh yeah i want to keep up to date let me let me check this out and uh yeah i wasn't i wasn't disappointed um, you know you know when i recommend things to you guys i'm always worried you'll think they're too silly because i know <laughs> i know the kind of things that i like and i like really absurd stupid shit so nah, man, th- this one appealed to me right away and i tried to pick it up in orbital but they didn't have a copy of it so i didn't get to read it but yeah. I'll, I'll try and hunt down a copy or download it digitally or something um hmm. yeah. how, for a treat. how many okay. flap how many flapjacks to a pound flapjacks not pancakes yeah yeah flapjacks it's okay shirtless she didn't know (laughs) but um yeah just uh 
without resorting just to say, oh, it's fun, it's fun. But um, it has a sort of carefreeness and confidence in its uh, absurdity I'll... that makes it fun to read. It doesn't feel like people scattershot in mm. uh, jokes against a wall. It feels like there's this big, uh, absurd, odd world that we've been brought into and all of the elements in there do mm. uh, have their place and make sense. That, like, there's an internal logic to this crazy world. It kind of reminds me of like um, when I was in uh, adult swim shows, not not Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but more like Sea. Is it Sea Quest? Oh, I'm forgetting some of the uh, the titles of the earlier adult swim stuff. Yeah, but it feels like that where like there's a bunch of characters and they're just sort of building on that world and like the 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 main cover um sort of gives you an idea of other characters who are going to appear or have a bigger role in later issues and it it just looks like it's going to be um uh, a good laugh but um i'll tell you feel, sorry the, the annoying thing about it is oh man I, I hate reading comics a month to month i want it now i want the rest now it's only going to be I short wish i had a trade of it there's not there, there probably is only going to be one trade Mm. it's only I can't remember how many issues they said it was going to be but it's only going to be short yeah um, I know that the, um, the 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 thing the thing with this book is I mean I'd like to think that this is how they came up with the premise and everything and this is this is how it feels to me this is how like the, the organicness I get from it with the jokes and everything else it's like a bunch of people sitting around drinking come up with this crazy idea and then spitball it and then write it down on napkins, and then wake up the next day sober and continue to work on it. So they take what they've come up with, like when they're when they're having fun, when they're drunk, and then they continue to work on it sober and turn it into something viable, and not like you know, like the the, so, the sobriety comes in and makes yeah. it so that it's not just people throwing jokes at walls, like you were saying. Internal logic and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that that's that's how that's what it comes across as to me and that's why I like it because I feel like I've had conversations about things on this level with people before and maybe maybe come up with things that are equally as awesome but never done anything about it. And this is a key thing. Yeah. Why you should always write down every idea you ever have. Exactly. It's a thing that I always have to remind myself because that one stupid idea and we do a lot yeah we, we do. have our group chats and we riff for hours on end we every now and again we should go back in there and mine some of the absurd <laughs> the insanity yeah. <laughs> the stuff that we the stuff that we riff is just yeah i like the idea of them being drunk and saying naked bear fighter and then waking up the next day and saying nah give them trousers yeah <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, they didn't. From the way you guys are describing, I'm just, I'm just imagining them slurring. Right, oh, he's got this huge slang, and he's like walking around the the forest, butt naked, and his house is like totally made of bear pelts, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> enough, guys, I'm sold already. <laughs> yeah, you need you need to pick it up. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, so, Ray, you got anything you read that we didn't? <laughs> oh, um. Okay, yes. Uh, something that you guys haven't read. I picked up something called Crosswind because you recommended a bunch and all the other things we're going to talk about are uh, things that you brought up first, which I picked up. Yeah. And I thought, no, screw Greg. I'm going to pick up something that he hasn't picked up. So I picked up something called Crosswind and 
I basically just picked it up because it's a new number one by Image, and I thought I'd give it a go. And I really like the artwork. It's got like um, a guy and a girl in profile uh, standing back to back, and there's like a, a bullseye behind them. Doesn't really explain. Doesn't really give anything away about what it is. Um, and I really like the art- artwork on the cover. And then I opened it up when I got home, and I was initially kind of disappointed by the artwork. It kind of reminds me of. Do you ever play Max Payne? And it has yes. the um, mm. yeah, it has the like the anim- not animated like the comic booky cutscenes in betweens where they've actually they took photographs of the scenes and then painted over them. Yeah, the artwork reminds me of that. It kind of like link later style scanner darkly type rotoscoping thing. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it's I've weird. It doesn't. That, yeah, yeah, it doesn't really work for. Me. It didn't work for me at first, but then I got into it, and I'm actually really. In- I'm like I'm really intrigued. I'm think I'm going to pick up the second one for this. So, it starts off with. Um, a guy called Kaysen, and he's in the middle of assassinating one of his best friends. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil why, but there's some really interesting like mystery right off the bat, and it sets this like hard boiled detective noir type tone, and it really does feel a lot like those Max Payne cutscenes, um, just the way everything's shot in profile and it's all set in this snowy area and this whole detective theme going on. And then it cuts to a woman called Juniper, who's like this put-upon housewife. Um, and she's dropping off her douchebag stepson to something or other. And her husband is calling her on the phone saying, you have to cook dinner because my boss is coming over and you have to you know, impress him, otherwise I'll lose my job and this and that. And all this time, it's it's going back and forth between these two characters. And they're having like these weird experiences happening to them and then it ends with a really cool twist which is a bit of a cliche but i'm curious to see where it's going in a story that's as like dark as this because the first thing we see is a murder um i don't want to spoil what the twist is i think you guys should pick it up and i'm i'm really interested in checking out the second one i think if you like like magical mystery type stories with a like a noir detective edge you'll really enjoy this okay yeah. yeah, might have to yeah. give that a look. Yeah, that's, that's all I. Sound, really sounds really it's, good. Um, it's very like grounded. I think, um, completely the opposite to like Space Riders and Shadowless Bear Fighter. It's it's like very is it, serious is it in tone. By again? Oh, it's by um, Simone and Stags. I'm not sure which is <laughs> which one's the artist and which one's the writer. Hang on. Uh, illustrator is Cat Stags and Gail Simone is the writer. Oh, it's a Gail Simone book. Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. What they done? Whoa! Like, uh, how have I missed that? I, I must have just like, because she. I know her from her like, um, Wonder Woman and like Batgirl writing. But like, oh. I follow her on Twitter and uh, she tweets a lot. And like, it must have completely missed this. Okay, yeah, the writing's really good in this. The dialogue. That's good. Really I'm, I'm, I'm quite a fan of her. So. Um... Oh, then even more so. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend it to you. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out as well now. Yeah, I'm 100%. glad I took a chance on it because yeah. even no. like I was flicking through the pages as yeah. I was on like just getting home, and I was like, "Oh, this looks a bit crap," but it really isn't. <laughs> so, see, I'm yeah. when I'm when I'm picking stuff up, I'm quite visual. Like, I I go yeah. on strength of cover alone most of the time, and, and sometimes things pass under my radar because of that, and it's quite bad actually because I I pick things that pop and look completely crazy and psychedelic. It's like the reason I I picked up or got interested in Space Riders was because when I look at it, I instantly hear Pink Floyd. And <laughs> on the, co- the cover of the reprint of the first Galaxy Brutality book that I've got here, um, there's a female robot who features in the book. And she looks, or her design, I think, must be based on the um, 
the robot chick from the Just Push Play cover from, you know, Aerosmith? The Aerosmith <laughs> yeah. album cover? Yeah. yeah. She's kind of based on that, I think, uh, which it's, it's rock and roll. And this book is pretty rock and roll. So, but that, that's, that's how I am. I'm quite visual. And another one that I picked up on the strength of visual and statement, basically, because I liked the cover and kind of interested a little bit in what it was about, because I did read a little bit of a preview of it before I bought it, as in like a, a written preview, not, not actual previews of pages, was The Divided States of Hysteria, which I know oh, you, yeah. you bought this as well, didn't you, Ray? I bought this on the strength of you saying that I'd hate it, and you were right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I... I don't know why I put my money towards it. You, you told me not to. Um, but I really like the cover. Yeah, the cover's got, like, fantastic. A woman wearing a burqa, which is made from the American flag, which I thought, wow. Even if I don't like the content of it, that cover yeah. is pretty damn cool. That's, That's a striking image. Yeah, it, it really is. is. It is. Yeah. It really is. And um, it's uh, it's like behind where it says the divided states of hysteria the divided states part on the cover is written in uh dollar note font Ooh. and then the hist- like there's a message with <laughs> yeah it's like a rage against the machine <laughs> it's like the rage against the machine album cover and then you've got the hysteria part and then behind the hysteria part it looks like a poop smear do, do you get that do you get where i'm coming I from I, I let me look at it again Hang you on. see that you see the dry you see the dry blood or poop <laughs> but basically the whole book um it uh revolves around the hysteria that is in this book there's a hyster- hysteria is gripping the united states hysteria revolving around um race relations revolving around uh islam uh islamic terrorism and um l g btq rights and all that kind of stuff it's like um how do i put it it's kind of like the world is now (laughs) i guess with the way that um you've got people getting from what i got what i got from the book is that people are getting whipped into a frenzy from what they read in the news and what they read on twitter and things like that and they're going out and acting on it and people are getting radicalized, but they're getting radicalized to their own particular, um, like side of the board. If you get me, if you've got like a, a a game board divided into separate squares, like they're getting radicalized to their own, and and it's um, it's a really directionless strike at all the injustice that's going on in the world at the moment because it highlights a lot of injustice. It highlights. A lot of, you know, a lot of the ugly things you see in the news are reflected in this book, and it's done on purpose. Hmm. It's like he's seen whoever the guy who's written this, Howard Chaikin, has seen the news. He's seen what's happening in the world right now, and he's gone. I'm going to turn, you know, I'm going to loosely base things on. Th-. And he, the, the book is like several segments, and each part is loosely based on something that is currently ha- is currently happening or has happened in the world, and that that kind of sets the tone. And I I didn't. I didn't really get on with it either. Um, I mean, I got its message. I got that it, it's just different snapshots setting up a powder keg of racial and homophobic intolerance and that people are perpetuating acts of violence because they've already had enough. And the hysteria angle is like, strike first, stay safe, if that makes sense to you guys. 
Mm. Yeah, because they think that if, you know, it's like they kind they kind of think that they're forced into acting because if they don't do it, someone's going to come for them kind of thing. I guess is what is yeah. what where it's coming from, but this is this is what I'm getting from it anyway. You guys probably look at it completely different. I'm no expert. I'm no expert on world news or whatever. But um, yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said like directionless strike. Like, yeah, that's how it feels to me. And then like it's it's just it's like literally. I don't know if this guy has written it as like a global pity party. Like the world's supposed to read it, and we're all supposed to feel ashamed. Or if if it's I don't know it, it just the way it has a decent message in the fact that I, I see where it's coming from and I see what it's getting at that there's all this injustice in the world and that we need we need to do something about it because at the moment we're kind of just wallowing in our own filth and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But I I think that it the message gets lost because this takes takes what's happening right now and escalates it to almost pornographic levels mm. <laughs> so it just it just it just pulls things out to the far extreme to the point where it it just comes across obnoxious almost yeah is there a, yeah is there an issue with where you have with it well, like you said uh, direct, directionless strike where it's saying or like it's making statements on stuff that you agree with uh, essentially but it's not actually saying anything about them. Instead, yeah, it's yeah, just, it's just ma- magnifying them yeah. to their logical um, hyperbolic edge. That's it. Yeah, but not actually yeah. using it to make any ish- make yeah. any useful statements about what things are like now. That is exactly 100%. it. That is exactly yeah. it. It's taking something that, like like you've just you've just hit the nail on the head, Leon, with that. Actually, yeah, it's just mm. it's magnifying things so far out. It, it t- taking something that like a. a Something that I might uh, I might agree with, like um, a point of view that I might agree with, but then magnifying it out to a point where it's just nothing. You know, it, it's just so overblown and bombastic that it's obnoxious, and it, it then then doesn't anything. yeah doesn't do anything with it, or you, it'll make a statement with that. It, it just mm. blows it up to a point where it's like, look at this, look how shitty the world is. You know. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's going to build to something interesting or it's trying to make a point, but on the weight of just this one issue on its own, it doesn't give you any of that. It just gives you a, a string of, like, reprehensible characters and the, to the, read through and then... It, it wasn't even... It the, yeah, the art wasn't even... Like, I, I didn't like the art either. Yeah, no, it, and I understand what he's going for because, like, in all of the, like, divisions between the panels, you've got, like, random flashes of tweets and... Um, when you do like I'm sure there's a shot of planet earth in there isn't there where it's um, surrounded by you can see all the space junk around it all the satellites and stuff and it's just supposed to create an air of claustrophobia um, and and, you know that no one is ever two steps or more away from anyone else anymore and it's all very like it's like a powder keg it's like a tight lid on a pressure cooker Um, and I get that sounds like too many good ideas it is it is yeah it it's literally like some guys decided he's going to make a soup and he's put too much too many things in it and it's now just doesn't taste like anything anymore it's just why am i semi-tempted to read it now (laughs) (laughs) see exactly (laughs) i'll lend you michael do you know what it's it's so (laughs) this is this is this is the thing right because it's sold out and had a second printing and i don't know if it's sold out because people are enjoying it or because it's controversial and because people have said, oh, you'll hate this, and then people are going out and buying it because they've been told they'll hate it. 
Or maybe yeah. on the strength of like the cover on what on the blurb, people think, oh, this is the the comic of the of the times. This is what we need yeah. right now. And then yeah. everyone's getting buyer remorse. Yeah, and it uh, when they actually read it. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking at it and I'm half tempted to keep it just for the cover, and maybe in the future I'll frame it because <laughs> that is a really really powerful cover, and it's the kind yeah. of thing that I'd stick on my wall. Um. I'd like one with the Union Jack as well, actually, to go side by side with it. But um, the, it's, the other... it's a shame, yeah, that it sounds like a missed opportunity. I mean, it's harsh because this is the first issue and anything, but this is the first impression, mm. and it and it very much sounds like from the both of you that um, it, it it missed the target. And it's, it's quite a shame with something that seems to be very ambitious. They have not, um, yeah not even stuck the landing not they've not no. taken off properly yeah no it's yeah it's it's it, it it got off the runway on on its cover and then ran out of fuel and had to land at sea <laughs> i think i think that's what happened to it um so yeah that was the divided states of hysteria so i mean it's a pretty controversial book um sounds like a prog rock album title it's that I don't know about prog rock, more rap metal. <laughs> like I can imagine, like um, it's got Zach De La Rocha going on for it, definitely. <laughs> it's got some Rage Against the Machine tones. Um, so yeah, uh, Ray, I I hear you read Winnebago Graveyard. Oh yeah, As I did. did. I. I, picked, I picked that up just because I like the I like the look of the variant cover more than the actual normal cover. Um, I don't know which one you picked up, but this it's got like a really cool painted art style to it. And it just, I don't know, it's got really nice lighting and shading. And I was kind of sold on the merits of that. Um, just and provocative title. I don't know what it means. Um, I know Winnebago is a type of uh, caravan. I think that's what that means in America, right? Yeah, it's a, um, a Winnebago um, is, yeah, it's one of those um, what's it vans where you can sleep in it. Yeah, I don't know what they call. I can't remember what they call them here. In, in... not a caravan which is dragged along by a vehicle, but like a yeah. vehicle and yeah. space in one. Yeah, um, I think I think Winnebago is the make, and it's right, is okay. it is it an RV? Yeah, RV yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what they call them in jolly old England. We don't really have those. We just have the sad. <laughs> I guess we don't. Yeah. We just have sad little four berth caravans that we drive to <laughs> rainy Skegness and sleep in for two days. But <laughs> or or, or anyway, you this... know, Eastbourne, whatever. Pick your poison. So. <laughs> Brighton, Hastings. Now we got listeners in these places, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, these guys. no, no, so no, no. Your seat, your seaside towns are awesome. I'm just, I'm just being bitter because we never have decent weather enough to enjoy them properly. But yeah, no. Um, I, I got the original cover, the one that looks. I like it because it's, it's very summer. This cover, it's, it's very hippie. Um, but it's, it's like dark hippie. Because you can already see undertones of um, witchcraft and, you know, like, and, and it's, but it's like Americana and witchcraft and the Grateful Dead <laughs> all in one, you know, like stirred up together and served on toast for Greg, <laughs> I guess. Another, yeah, another one that appeals to me. Um because it is, it is essentially a horror movie, and it will be, it will play out like a horror movie, and it, it's like, it, but it, it's the best kind of horror movie. It's the, um, the slow burning, witchcraft, human sacrifice, mm. horror movie, where it's not actually like some stupid lumbering monster or 
um a sla- you know like a slasher movie with a, with a, a definite psycho it's it's one of those ones where it's like a, a coven of people hunting somebody through the woods or a family of people through the woods and that's what's great about it um this first book is literally just the setup so if you imagine maybe the first 20 minutes half an hour of a horror movie where everything's kind of okay but you know something's wrong I yeah, guess, that's because um, yeah. I've read it also, and that's very much the uh, feeling I got off it as well. But um, I love how yeah. brief this setup is. Like it's it's super short compared to some of the other stuff I read this month. Yeah, but it, it's it's basically just three different scenes. But the the atmosphere is so well crafted in these like what is it twenty pages or so? Yeah, it is. And don't you just love the uneasy smiles? Oh yeah, my! I love how everyone's like yeah. super ugly. <laughs> yeah, like it's got that's... this weird nightmarey thing to it. Yeah, like that's the thing. Because like, like one of the few criticisms I have for it um, is that I'm not a big fan of uh, the way Alison Sampson has uh, drawn like the faces. But that's only like a personal taste thing because I, I think it really works for the actual book and story. Um, and I think the way um, the backgrounds and the actual world, like the carnival and the streets and everything, I think that's rendered really well. And this is everything's um, servicing uh, what Steve Niles is trying to build up with like this weird sort of off kilter atmosphere mm, where yeah. even though it's not, um, you feel like you're at a Dutch angle. And yeah. You're, uh, See, you, yeah. Stuff lurking behind the shadows. I mean, it opens with uh like a weird sort of a cult doing some occult stuff and it's it's really like sort of just uh huh what's going on what 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 the hell and then like we're with the family and it's this weird uneasiness and it's weird sort of like horror movie sort of dream logic where mm. instead of people like bad like unfortunate or more say annoying sort of oh, i'm gonna freak out here stuff happens but people are just like oh well that sucks well, i guess we got to do x and it's like Oh, where are we? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, I think you stole all the buzzwords I was going to use, like off kilter and <laughs> dream logic. Like this, I love the off kilter artwork in this. Like this, if you look at there's there's this really cool splash page near the start of the the comic, and like all the shadows and the um the clouds and stuff in the sky all have a nightmarish like monsterish look, and like you can't quite tell if it's that if it's been designed that way, which it obviously has, or if it's just coincidence that these shapes happen to look like something frightening i i love the way that this is has been painted. yeah no i i like this is this is why i like samson's artwork in this book because it it it, it follows Niles' writing so well in the way that it it gives everything an uneasiness about it and and i like yeah. the fact the fact that the people don't look nice you know yeah like yeah, i like i, I like that, that you can you can imagine like with their their they're like they're they're almost evil-looking grins. They have these really uneasy, evil grins, like the smiles on their faces in some of the parts of the book. And you can imagine flies buzzing in the background, mm. and it just—it just has this whole kind of like, like nightmare vibe to it. Well, Rob, because because yeah. everyone looks out of place, but yeah, place for the nightmare logic. Of it's it. it's got this decomposing in the desert thing going on for it. Mm. And There's actually like a great panel for that where. Um... I'm not going to go into the story specifics, but what what's happened is that the uh, while bumbling around, the annoying kid is like picked up, like I think it's like a <laughs> stick or something. Yes, and then the the dad picks up a plank, 
and the the mum character is like oh something along the lines of uh I oh, now I feel safer safe. now yeah yeah <laughs> but it's like it's such a weird scary image because they're all looking towards us mm. and it just looks like I I know what it's intended to be is like hey uh, I feel safe now type thing but it's this weird sort of like do you <laughs> and it's like uh, yeah it's just it's really good at being creepy. There's yeah. so much like winking to the reader in this book. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the things about like leaving the phones in the car while they go and enjoy their, um, yeah, their holiday. But it's all those things. Kids... That, yeah. But it's also like it's all the all the knowing winks are fed in naturally because, for example, this one instance, um, the dad is convincing the kid to like leave all the gadgets and the, the mobile phones in the car while they go and enjoy themselves. But it's because the kid was playing on his phone too much and they show that and it doesn't just come out of nowhere as a, like a, a yeah. horror trope that they won't be able to get in touch with anyone because they left their phones behind. Or it's... no signal is a common... Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. all the things on the mistakeometer. Yeah, it's exactly. like, you know, the, the horror mistakeometer. Like, it hits all those notes. It's like, mm. you don't go into that room on your own in the dark. You don't split up in the crazy house. You don't leave your phone somewhere. <laughs> you don't... But yeah, it's it's... But like you said, yeah, it's all fed in naturally and it all feels like this is something that they would tell, you know, that, that that would happen. But even still, even though it's all fed in naturally, even though when you watch, like, horror movies and you sit there going, no! Like, why are you doing that, you idiot? Like, I'm reading this, and because I know what this is, go- what's going to happen, because I know that it's a horror story and I know bad things are going to happen, I'm sitting there reading it going, no! Why are you leaving your phone in the RV, you idiot? Kind of thing, you know. So... I mean, to be fair, I didn't expect this to be a horror story. I was kind of shocked when what happens in the opening happens um i was expecting something like i don't know indie somewhat magical mystery and perhaps I, romantic maybe that's because of the cover that i picked up it didn't have the occult thing going on but okay I, yeah i definitely didn't go into it expecting a horror but i love my horror so i was pleasantly surprised yeah because the not my cover is like full-on like baphomet triangles <laughs> Uh, but it's got really cool. It uses like um, sort of purpley red tones, which mm-hmm. I really love. So like, it, it's got a cover that will lure me in definitely. You've got the the uh, standard cover like me with the mm-hmm. um, like the whole Americana thing going on with the the, the sort of triangular cut design. Yeah, yeah. yeah. drawings over. Yeah, because yeah. I've got one where it's like a woman resting on a like a in the garden on a chair, half asleep reading a book. And uh. on the back cover, it's a father and son fishing in a lake. And it looks really serene and peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I'm you open it. That ties in. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be a summer holiday, isn't it? Yeah. It's like peaceful, relaxing summer holiday, you know. But yeah. It's gorgeous. My, my cover's by um, Helen Chen, I think. Yeah. And if she continues to do more of this type, I think I'll keep picking up the varying mm. covers. No, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be continuing to pick this book up because oh definitely that was yeah. implied by <laughs> yeah wow yeah um another one that I picked up um I don't know I don't think you guys picked this up but I don't definitely did um it was last week uh it was Bill and Ted Bill and Ted save the universe now um I'm sure. Many of us are familiar with the Bill and Ted movies. I'm sure you guys definitely are. You've, you've yeah. watched, both of you watch Bill and Ted, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's uh, it's Bill and Ted, and this time they're going on a trip across the universe because the book is set um, four years 
after they passed their history test. So it's like the four-year anniversary of them passing their history test. And it's, you know, all the all the same returning characters. You've got Rufus. You've got Bill S. Esquire. Uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. And they are Wild Stallion! <laughs> and their band is, like, super, like, popular now when they've, like, they're super famous and the world loves their music and it's like brought the entire you the entire world together they're like they're like hyper level rock stars um and it turns out that their music is having a greater effect across the universe and they are their, their music is bringing peace across the universe but some people don't like that and now they're traveling across the universe as wild stallions playing their music okay. to hundreds of alien races or whatever is what I get the impression, and this is only book. This is book one of five, so there's only going to be five of these, and it's just it's just everything that I would expect from a Bill and Ted story. It's just you know as as silly as I would want Bill and Ted to be. Um, does it still as, have Rufus in it? Yeah, it still has Rufus in it. I said that. Yeah, it's got Rufus. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. and do they all look like their actors? It looks like Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and George Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. There's a likeness there, definitely. <laughs> And oh, it's that's just, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is it is yeah, it's I, I think it's I think it's brilliant, but it, it's just it's like a it's like part nostalgia because it's Bill and Ted and it's also like a I think it's a cool story. Like this this like this band, this rock band, like these two kids who have this like daydream rock band, Wild Stallions, now made it famous and like traveling if you take it at face value without the history of bill and ted without them traveling through time whatever else they're now famous and they're um they're going to be traveling across the universe bringing their music to the universe and bringing peace and helping fight galactic strife or whatever which i think is really cool and there's some some nice twists in it towards the end it's a great it's great so you're saying this is set four years after the the history Uh, after bill and ted too yeah no, no, because the history, the history thing is excellent adventure one. Is it? I thought the history is almost journey. Two. No, Burgess Burgess Journey's journey is, yeah, that's when they like go through time and stuff because they have to oh, secure death's... their legacy and all that. Death's in this as well. Um, but like, Bogus Journey, I think, is set five years after Excellent Adventure. Yeah, and this, so this is... could be before Bogus Journey. No, it's not. Is it not? No, because death's it has death in it. Death's in this, mm. so it's it's after it's after um, it's after Bogus Journey. Okay. Okay. But it's it's four years after they passed their history test. According to this, it's the four year anniversary. Mm. Yeah, just I've just double checked that because I've got the book open now. Well, it's neither here nor there. I mean, it sounds interesting. I I didn't even know it existed until you brought it up. So I I might have to go back to the shop and try and find it. Yeah, it was... Oh, no, it was five years ago today you both passed your history exam. So it's set five years. Because I thought the second one was them going back and forwards in time to pass their history exam. No. With Rufus's help. That's the first one. So... So, yeah, it must be set immediately after Bogus Journey. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Bogus Journey's also five years, so, yeah. It must be set straight after. It must be... Yeah, it's set straight after Bogus Journey, then. There we go. That's cool. Yeah. No, it's cool, yeah. Oh, you maybe want to watch the films again. I need to watch them again now because I feel yeah. inferior now. I've just dropped all this Bill and Ted fan fangasm, in, <laughs> and now you've you've just told me that I was completely wrong, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Those were formative films. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're no longer the best of us, Greg. Oh. So taking, taking that away from you. Damn it! 
<laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I should watch the films again then, one hundred percent. Because yeah, I, I love, I love Bill and Ted. So, yeah. Well, you can redeem yourself with your next one. What else have you been reading? Um, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, which I think, so I think you've all been reading. I've picked that up. Yeah. Yeah, you've picked that up. Um, so I picked this up because I wanted to get back into Spider-Man. I'm a bit of a lapsed Spider-Man fan. I've not been reading it. And I wanted something to pull me back into it to read it. And I thought, what what great opportunity, you know, with with new number ones come great opportunity. And there it was, Spider-Man number one. So I thought, well, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number one. So I thought I'd pick it up and give it a go. And um, it's everything I wanted from a Spider-Man story. Um, it, I, I really like it. I really like where it's going. I like that it's back to basics. So it's sort of like stripped it back a bit. And, you know, it's just Peter Parker being a regular, regular spider guy in New York doing his thing, which I quite like. It's not anything, you know, outrageous OTT or whatever. It's not Doc Ock in Peter, Peter Parker's body or anything like that. It's just, you know, regular Peter Parker. Yeah, it's not setting so. up a whole new yeah. canon or like origin no. story or anything. It's just no. it, um, dropping you straight in the middle of yeah. him spider-man for a while he's made friends yeah also other superheroes and just going about being yeah. spider-man it's like um, you, you don't want another spidey origin story you've had too many spidey origin stories we're just gonna I like how it yeah. plays with that at the beginning because it does start off trying to give you a primer and he gets interrupted yeah. by johnny storm saying i've heard this before yeah yeah before. yeah yeah but yeah it's um i i, I thought it was great and the fact that it, it's 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 more rather than it i, I want to look at it more as a celebration of spider-man than a new Spider-Man story. It's it's like because it's gonna it's gonna be like a sort of a best of type. He's gonna bring in foes that he's fought before and everything else. And I think it's gonna be like a celebration of Spider-Man. Like it's gonna have you know past and present stuff in it, and it's just gonna be like a party basically, which is what I want it to be. Is what I want it to carry on like. That's what the first issue felt like it was gonna lead into. I don't know about you. I I can't believe it took us this long to find someone we disagree on. Um, I don't I don't not I don't hate this as much as I just let on by that point. I did enjoy it, but I think you're pinning too many of your hopes and expectations on to this from what you just described. Like I have I have no idea where this is going. I was I ended it feeling kind of flat. I think like it introduces him and it it sets the tone of. Like it's going to be jokey and not too self-serious and introduces other characters that we know from the Marvel canon, um, like a somewhat of a twist towards the end. Uh, but I don't, where do you think this is going? I don't really have any idea of what to expect from this, to be honest. I don't think it's set that up very well. I, I, I just think it's going to be like a series of cool Spider-Man stories. Like, um, not anything too um, so like kind of yeah not, not anything too deep or too thingy like too entwined with anything else that's possibly going on right now with marvel hmm. um i think it's going to be um when i say a celebration of spider-man i think it's just going to be like a, a sort of like a showcase type thing like uh so you know this this three four issue arc he's gonna this is gonna happen and we're gonna fight this villain and then this villain's gonna come along and we're gonna fight this villain and stuff like that i hope yeah i i think i was expecting a new arc to be set up which 
totally doesn't happen in this, but I think I'll need to read it again. Well, it, it kind of does. It kind of does, and it kind of doesn't. Um, I mean, like, <laughs> well, but... if it does, it doesn't do it very well. Like, I'm not yeah. excited for the next one at all. I'll pick it up because I want to give it a chance, but I, I, I've. I don't really think it's given me a reason to get excited about number two. I want to know what's account. going on with these hacked Stark phones. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and well, and I want to I mean... know what's going on with the, the you know, because obviously, like, without going into it too much, um, it brings up the Tinkerer, who's like a, a, mm. a villain that has who makes stuff for other villains, makes stuff for other Spidey villains, um, and we, we meet his brother. Um, and... Um, I think there's going to be something with the Tinker involved in this as well. So that's going to be the first guy that Spidey comes up against. I think the first, the first, I hope, the, well, I, not I hope, but I think in my, my opinion is that like the first big villain we're going to see is going to be the Tinker, I think. And it's all going to hinge back to him. And we're going to get probably like him and then it will move on from him to somebody else and then go on and whatever, so forth. And hopefully it will, it will, last a long last a while and i'll I'll get to enjoy it <laughs> like i, I mean, want to I enjoy do, it I, I am a fan of the writer for this one it's chip zadowski who is yeah. the artist for sex criminals i believe um and i like i like the thing that he's going for here i like the dialogue and i like how it's jokey and light in tone and like the characters he meets are all quite humorous like he meets a comedian and there's some funny exchanges there. I yeah. say it's it's an interesting contrast to something like Winnebago Graveyard, which is also another number one for a new story. But it like it sets its tone and what it's going for really well. Whereas I, I guess I just I don't know where this is going, and I'll pick up number two just based on the fact that I like Spider Man, and I think it's winning as based just on our love for the character more than selling this on its own rights. But I'm willing yeah. to give it a chance. I think I think I'll pick up number two. Yeah, and it's uh, Adam Kubert as well, who has done some work on Age of Apocalypse, uh, All New Wolverine, X Men, Avengers. He's done a lot of stuff for Marvel, a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, what did you think of the little short story towards the end, uh, Spider? I think it's called Spider Fight. I quite like that. Yeah, I thought that was quite nice. Um, I kind of, it kind of knew what was going on when she was yeah. fighting him. I, I knew she was testing him for something. But I didn't know what, and I quite, I just, I just quite liked that little short story at the end. And I, I, this is what makes me think it's going to be more of a celebration slash showcase because we're going to get. I think at the back of each one, we're probably going to get another short story. Mm. So in this, yeah, in I mean, I'm looking at this in a similar way to the that I look at All Star Batman. In a way that All Star Batman has an arc that lasts a few issues, and then there's like a short story at the back of each one as well. That, but the short stories link up in all star batman so it's kind of like you were getting two stories for the price of one which was kind of cool um and i'm sad that all star batman is coming to an end soon i think after the summer um so yeah i'm 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 a little bit sad about that but but i think apparently they're going to relaunch um something in a similar vein with batman in like a kind of like a prestige comic format which will be kind of cool why so, do you think it's been uh, shut down? Why do I think it's been shut down? I have mm. no idea. No yeah. idea. Because I, I, as far as I'm aware, it's selling quite well. And I think it's doing quite well. And I, I, it's a pretty good book. It's not... I I don't know why it's been shut down. Maybe they think they've got too many Batman books out or something. Or maybe it's something to do with this new event. Because there's mm. this new DC Metal event that they're setting up. Um, which I've got chapter one of, which is called The Forge. 
um and it's like stuff that was set up during new 52 uh coming to the forefront so there's like a lot of stuff that was set up during new 52 batman during uh, snyder and capullo's reign that is getting brought up in this and they're using that as like that's like main story points or like main plot points for what is going to be happening in this sort of next dc event which i'm quite excited for because starting capullo are quite a team i like those two um it's a weird thing about this industry that you kind of end up cannibalizing your own profits if you introduce too many storylines with this you know the same characters so i wonder if it's something to do with that and then maybe also um I don't know, you, you make more money off new stories than long-running ones, but yeah, yeah. who knows, it's a, yeah. it is a shame that that's ending. I don't know, yeah, it's a shame, but I, you know, this is this is the yeah. comics industry that we have nowadays, yeah. and we just have to learn to live with it and hope that something better comes out of it, mm. like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, so, yeah. Um, so what's the last one? We've There's something that... Uh, that me and Leon have yeah. read, but that you haven't. Read, yes, so I haven't read it yet read because it. I haven't managed to score a copy of it yet. But I'm waiting for mine to arrive. So, <laughs> so that we're talking about Destroyer issue number two. This one's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So Leon, what did you think about that one? Um, it's still good. It's still, still doing some interesting things. Obviously, we'll not delve into the story. Just to say that. Um, they're, they're still introducing a lot of stuff, which is weird because it has that two of six, something like, please, that, that's the arc, right? It's not this run because there's still so much setup, but there's there's a lot of setup, but then so, you know, like sort of, sort of comic book time logic where suddenly now this is happening. It's like, oh, okay. Hmm. So, and, and, I, and I'm cool with that. Um, and it's, 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 uh, if anything, it's slightly frustrating for me personally because I just want the trade because I just want to read all this because um, the drip drop of it is like, oh man, now I've got to wait a month again. But yeah, it's pretty cool. They they introduced um, uh, a few more sort of uh, locales and more uh, sort of higher stakes, and we're, we're learning a bit more about the the world as um, the wider world in the book and. It has like a really interesting bit which sort of reminds me of the somewhere in America parts in both mm. the book and the TV show of American Gods. Yeah. Um, and it's really dark. There's like a sequence that happens. I won't get too much away. I just say it happens near the border, the US-Mexican border, and it's really dark. Um, but it starts off very hopeful and it becomes really yeah. dark. I um, love that, that prog- the progression of that. Yeah. Scene. Yeah, and, um, yeah. It's very much in what Fuller's doing in the show as well as what's in the text, um, but yeah, it's um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what Lavalle, what, what, where we landed on that, and what um, Smith are um, doing of this because it it, it feels like um, there's multiple goals going on, and I don't know if they're even planning to join up and become one story i assume it will happen at some point mm. but like uh frankenstein's monster i the beast i have no idea really what its motive is while mm. i'm very much sure of what um i can't remember her name but the scientist lady i'm very much sure of what her motive is so it's it's interesting seeing those both playing out at the same time so it's one i'm going to stick with um 
I just um, I'm too impatient. I'm too impatient these days. It's like <laughs> you guys are killing me getting me into these monthly comics, man. That's <laughs> the nature of the beast. It is speaking. I, mean, of... I, can't, I I can't wait till the next one. I I think this the way this number two ended left me really eager to read number three in a way that the way number one ended didn't get me too excited for number two. But like overall, I'm I'm really hyped for the next one. I think I love where this is going, and it seems to be having a little bit more fun than issue number yeah. one let on so that's that that's good for me i think yeah because it feels a bit more comfortable in its stride and uh like in a way that you guys described uh, what the hell is that show the united states of tara <laughs> what, what was that <laughs> that comic that you guys read the, um the divided states of hysteria yeah, divided states of hysteria like you guys say that there's good intentions but missing the mark here mm. it seems like uh victor La- lavelle lavalle um, he seems quite confident in telling his story and yeah. there's little things that he's bringing up that I know what he's re- referring to or think, oh, that's quite interesting that he's talking about that, uh, like being on the right side of history and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think those are handled in such a subtle and sort of nice covert way that it's rarely, it's not tiresome to read. So you know, I'm very much in the bag for this one. Yeah, it's not him showing off his writing skills. It's mm. it's done with a deft hand. I think. Yeah, I I want to read number two. <laughs> yeah, I think you're. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to arrive. It's I think it's been shipped. So I, again, I've had to I've had to like order it in from another comic store elsewhere in the UK via eBay. So I'm looking forward to getting it anyway and, and reading it because I'm I'm very into that. Um. So I guess to finish this off, I've got some recommendations slash brief mentions things that i've read that obviously we don't have time to talk about everything i've read so i've had to pick and choose um so other things that i've read um i've got uh god country which is now at number six which is the end um so i talked about this in because we've started doing youtube now by the way ace comicals now has a youtube channel um, so I've talked about in the YouTube channel why I was excited to get number six because it was the end and why I wasn't excited to get number six because it was the end. But number six is the end. And uh, I finally read it. And uh, it's it's a really good it's a really good way to end it, actually. I quite I quite enjoyed it. And you know what? I, I said that I, I, I thought that there was more they could have done with it. I don't think there is. I like how this ends. I like it as a single story. I think it should stay a single story because that's more power that way. And... Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's pretty sentimental, and um, knowing, uh, like, I just you know, I really really like this story. I don't want to spoil the ending. I don't want to talk about it because if you've not been reading God Country up to now, I can't mention what's going on in this because that will just ruin everything. Yeah, don't, um, I think I'm going to be picking up the trade for this one based. But on yeah, it's it's your... it's brilliant, and um, yeah, I I love this writer anyway. Yeah, so the uh, the writer, the creator of God Country, Donny Cates, is also the writer on Redneck, which I think I've mentioned before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, he's my guy right now for uh, these sorts of comics because he's he, he's from this part of the world anyway, like the Midwest, mm. uh, like, um, like Texas, that kind of way. So he, he does, I think what he writes, he writes from experience. And I quite, I mean, he lives in Austin, Texas, so. I think God Country is also, like, reading some of what I've read. I think it's like, um, 
Oh. Um, slightly biographical, I don't know. But yeah, um, it's it's a good it's a good book, definitely. Uh, other ones that I mentioned uh, that I that I've read that I I feel you should mention that I feel people should probably read is Kill the Minotaur, um, which is that is uh, Chris Passetto, Christian Cantamessa. The art is Jean Francois Bolio and Lucas Kettner. Um, and it's like a riff on the classic Minotaur tale from Greek myth. So if you like your Greek, if you like your Greek myths and legends, give it a go because I think it's brilliant. I love it. Um, and I, I like where it's going. Um, I like, I like the, 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 the tone of it and the way that they've portrayed some of the, the these classic characters, um, the way that, like the motivations they've given them and things. Because it doesn't doesn't really follow the standard myth of the Minotaur, but I like I like what they've done with the place. You know, they've taken it and they've given the walls a lick of paint and whatever. And as much as I I like the original Greek stories, because those when I was a kid, I used to have a big book of them, and they were like some of my favourite stories. This this does it justice. I think I I enjoyed this. Um, picked up a book called Black Cloud, which is. At the moment, I'm still trying to work it out. Um, I've got three issues of it, and it is um, it's a girl who can or has the power to dip into a secondary realm of imagination and shape things there. So with whatever she can imagine, she seems to be able to construct or build. And it's like they have a power over this realm. And um, the first book starts off her selling this realm as drugs. So like she's like saying to people, okay, I can take you on a great trip. Just come with me kind of thing. Um, And it's it's really cool. Um, and it seems to be the internal politics of this world, and and what she did seems to have brought around about some kind of cataclysm. She she led a revolt and created a monster or something like that. I think is what I'm getting from it, but I I, I need to read more of it to understand it because it's it's fantastic. But I think at the moment it's still too too grand scale for me to be able to tell you exactly what it's about but i really like reading it i like the dreaminess and the again i like i like the sp- the psychedelicness of it i like the fact that it's just totally removed so she's actually yeah she's actually from the dream world the main character um and she had the biggest dream and now she's in our world hiding from the people in the dream world you've also got i don't know if you guys a band called guar uh no <laughs> yeah no. well they have their own comic now <laughs> um, so if you guys have ever seen or heard, anybody who listens to this ever seen or heard of Guar or knows of um, like Guar's shtick when they get up on stage and dump slime all over you and aim to be obnoxious and disgusting and just just downright out there the, this is a book a comic book about Guar these like intergalactic rockers who are now basically trapped on a jaunt through space and time in a dick-shaped spaceship and they are messing with everything i really enjoyed it because it's it's funny and it's crazy and it's just it's it's awesome in a rock and roll slime covered way and last one uh because it's a turtles book 
and it's based on the uh, Turtles anim- current Turtles animated series. So it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Amazing Adventures, and uh, it's uh, robot animals. So basically, Baxter Stockman has turned the mutant animals into robots, and the turtles have to find a way to turn them back. Um, the mutant animals being a secondary band of mutants uh, led by um, Slash and Leatherhead in this incarnation. Um, Leatherhead being a crocodile, Slash being a giant snapping turtle. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I I like it because it's turtles. Um, I thought it was great. I think it's great fun to read, and it's it's going to be like a short thing, um, and I'd recommend it because I think it's just a pretty cool little short story. Um, if you like sort of nothing too taxing to read, just, just some, some, you know, fun turtles themed or fun sat AM stuff, it's a good thing to read. Yeah. Um, so I think that brings us to a close unless you two have got anything else you wanted to bring up. No. Not no. this week. Yeah. No, I think good? I've read all the comics now. Yeah? <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh that brings this one to a close so that was ace comicals number 12 uh if you want to find us you can find us on facebook under ace comicals you can find us on twitter at ace comicals you can find us on youtube our channel is called ace comicals um at the moment there's only one video but watch that space there will be more um you can find us or just on the internet in general in cyberspace at www.acecomicals.com um you can find us on WordPress at acecomicals.wordpress.com. Um, you can find us uh, on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Uh, just search for Ace Comicals. Um, if you want to get in touch, um, there's acecomicals at gmail.com or you can get in touch via Twitter or you can get in touch via my personal Twitter, which is at Bato. So that's B-A-T-T-O-U. Um, if you want to field questions, go ahead, give us some questions. We'll answer them on the show. Um, we would really like some questions. <laughs> We've not had any questions yet. Um, if you want to get in touch and ask these guys any questions as well, you can get in touch with them through the Ace Comicals channels. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, on Twitter, so that's at Monke, at M-O-O-N-K-E-H. Cool, and Leon, where can we find you? Uh, at Leon Everett. Yes, so... There we go. That is Ace Comicals. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Ace Comicals over and out.